The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Beyond the Box Score. Here's the stat for you that you're not going to see this one in the box score. Let's say you're playing in a full PPR, four-point-per-passing touchdown league. Travis Kelsey has outscored all but four quarterbacks this year. In that format. Full PPR, <laughs> four point for passing touchdown leagues. Travis Kelsey would be QB5. I've got uh, Jacob Gibbs here. No Dan Schneier today. I'm Adam Azer. Welcome to the show on this Monday. I am watching the World Cup. Jacob is not interested. More on that in a little bit. Uh, the Chargers go up late against your Chiefs. They score the touch to Josh Palmer's second touchdown of the game. Did you have any doubt that the Chiefs were going to win that game at that point? No, I was uh, just talking with Thomas, our producer, right before we jumped on. And it's like, it's so insane how little doubt there is when Mahomes gets the ball there a minute and a half. It's like, that's way too much time. We know he's going to score. And then he just goes down and scores with ease. Like, we're so spoiled. He's he's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And he's having, you know, arguably his best season. He's about a, a fantasy point per game less than what he did in his MVP year. But he's doing it without Tyreek Hill. And now yeah. without Juju and Cardarius, Tony barely play. It's unbelievable. It's just Kelsey. It's Kelsey and, <laughs> and what? MVS does nothing. Little Sky Moore in there. It is uh, It is really what? No running game. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that about last night, but amazing. All right, so we'll talk about that game a little bit with some fantasy takeaways. Nice to have Keenan Allen back, but unfortunately, Mike Williams leaves with the injury. Kadarius Tony, actually a lot of injuries yesterday. Uh, we got the Broncos news as Melvin Gordon's been released and Chase Edmonds is going to miss a few weeks. Um, we've got our four big topics today, and they are as follows. Lamar Jackson. Everybody wants to know what we think about Lamar Jackson. Uh, Damian Pierce. Are we worried about Damian Pierce? Um, Najee Harris. And stacking in redraft leagues. Stacking. So let's talk about that in a bit. But right now, Chiefs 30, Chargers 27. Fantasy takeaways. What do you got? Uh, Sky Moore. I, I I love to see Sky Moore out there. He um he drew a target on thirty seven percent of his routes run, which is really exciting because he um it was a small sample size, but he had not drawn targets at a high rate to start the season. Um, but we did see him, you know, really involved, and especially once Kadarius Tony went down, 
Um, he was out there for nine and 15 dropbacks in the second half at a 27% target share. So on the year, his, his rates are looking decent. Um, so I think if you're a dynasty player, you can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. I think it was a pretty troubling start for Sky, who a lot of people were really excited for. Um, Pacheco looked great. Mm-hmm. The workload was there. I didn't know if, if we, the chiefs are kind of finicky, you know, Andy Reid sometimes. And he even said like, it might not be the same usage we saw last week in terms of like where Clyde was, but yeah, it seems like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is totally phased out and it's Pacheco's backfield and he looked good. Um, I will say like almost all of his yardage came before contact. Uh, he only broke one tackle the whole game or avoided one tackle. Um, and he just like, does not draw targets at all. He has by far the lowest target per run rate in the NFL of any running backs. He's at 3%. The next lowest is like 10%. Wow. <laughs> um, it's like, he just does not get targeted. Um, and it was the same thing in college. Um, but yeah, but it's interesting because he's got, you yeah. know, he's got a little bit of a, of a runway here with, with Clyde Edwards, either leaving with the ankle injury. And we're talking about uh, 16 carries for 82 yards for Pacheco last week, 15 carries for 107 yards this week. Uh, so, He's tough. I, I can't stand the, the players who catch no balls. I just can't. Right. In full PPR leagues, I mean, what is what is a hundred? What is ten point seven fantasy points? That's that's like if he doesn't score, that's basically as good as he's going to get against the yeah. best matchup. So I don't know how to value him. I, I guess he's a flex in full PPR and a number two in in non PPR in a half or non PPR. I guess I guess yeah, what I, would I think say. that's right. Yeah, Tony leads with a hamstring injury. He played about a quarter and, you know, was was somewhat involved and then, you know, that's he's got hamstring injuries. On the Chargers side, what do you think about Herbert if Keenan Allen's back made a great play for him downfield, but Mike Williams is out. Let's say Mike Williams misses time. We don't have any word on that, but what what would you think about uh, Justin Herbert who scored 23 fantasy points last night? Uh, I think it's great to have Keenan Allen back. I think Herbert is somebody, I think I had him at QB7 this week, and he's going to be in that range going forward, which is good. It, it was really rough for a while there. Um, we had a question a couple of weeks ago, would you rather have Herbert or Justin Fields rest of the season? And it looked like Fields was like the clear answer at that point. But I think we're feeling a little bit better now with those guys back. And Allen looked pretty good, didn't you think, for yeah, his first oh, game yeah. back? Yeah, terrific. Um, no. Yeah, I, I was very encouraged by Keenan Allen. And... And Josh Palmer. I mean, I, you know, Josh Palmer's played oh, yeah. a lot of games with Mike Williams and without Keenan Allen, but I I think he's much, I mean, there's no question, he's much more like Mike Williams than he is Keenan Allen. Uh, he's an outside receiver. So <laughs> based on what he's done when he's gotten eight or more targets, which has been five or six games this year, if Mike Williams is out and Keenan Allen and, and Josh Palmer are in, I don't know that he's going to be that much worse than Mike Williams. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about Josh Palmer because we are we've got a pretty large sample size now of him um running without Mike Williams and he's been freaking great. Uh obviously he was great last night, but on the season, 136 routes without Mike Williams, he's been targeted on 24% of his routes and averaged 1.8 yards per route run. And so just for some context on those numbers, um that's putting him in like for the season, that's putting him in like Christian Kirk, DK Metcalf, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Terry McLaurin territory. That's pretty freaking good. That like that's very good. <laughs> that's much better than we saw as a rookie. Um, it helps to play with Herbert. He definitely boosts efficiency. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been really, really encouraged uh, by Palmer. Yeah, I'll give you the like the less uh, the the more fantasy uh, typical stats on Josh Palmer. 
He has played six games now with eight or more targets. He has scored 13 or more PPR fantasy points in five of those six games. And he scored you know, 30 last night. He's got an 18.6, 18. a 15.9, a 14.7. Uh, that's really good. So that's a number two wide receiver. Maybe he's not going to be quite as good as Mike Williams, but uh, definitely if you didn't drop him, you know, 69% rostered. So a lot of people did drop him, understandably, I think, but it's time to go get, time to go get Josh Palmer again. Um, all right. Uh, that's it for Chiefs and Chargers. Hope they play again. I freaking love watching those two quarterbacks play. Just two of the most uh, like aesthetically pleasing passers. Justin Herbert throws these frozen ropes like 40 yards downfield. It's it's 60 yards. It's crazy. And then Mahomes is Mahomes. Fantasy Football Today is here to help you dominate your fantasy league all season long. Now you can represent your favorite podcast with official Fantasy Football Today gear only found on the CBS Sports store. We've got the link in the episode description. So check it out. We've got T-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser-engraved pint glasses, hats, water bottles, and much more to tell your friends how you kick their butt in fantasy football. And we're giving you 20% off if you go to our store and use the code FANTASYFOOTBALL20. So do that at checkout. FANTASYFOOTBALL20, only available for our listeners. Uh, Head over to the CBS Sports store or the Fantasy Football Today collection, basically. Link is in the episode description, or you can just Google it and use the code FANTASYFOOTBALL20. So yeah, no Dan today. He's busy. Thanksgiving week. Everybody's busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. He sends me a text that says, Hey Adam, would you hate and hate slash judge me if I left today's show to you and Jacob? This is a ridiculous question, because like I already <laughs> I already hate and judge him, Jacob. Like, right. You know, I've, what's gonna change? So it's okay, Dan. You take your time, you do your thing, and we'll carry on with Adam. So here's a tweet of the day, Jacob, from Matt Mormon. In my most important league, I have a player in each game Thursday. Diggs, Pollard, and Dalvin Cook. How do I game plan being able to watch all three games while also balancing family, food, and the inevitable Thanksgiving nap? Oh, man. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's the question, right? Like, that's what we're dealing with every Thanksgiving. And, like, I think the honest answer for most is you just don't hang out with the family. Oh, don't hang out with the family. Oh, I didn't think that's where you were going. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. What I, especially with the, like the way he's got the players spread out among the games, like that's going to be really, really tough. There's no way that you're watching every second of every game. There's just no way yeah. there. There's a blind spot for me. It's usually the end of the lions game, which is typically a blowout at that point, you know, or yeah, in the books right. at that point, but not so sure about the lions. They're, they're not bad. Um, so, uh, but you know, they are playing the bills. But uh, it's like the end of that game I, I often miss on Thanksgiving, which I don't love, but it happens. And then I might miss the beginning of the 8 o'clock or you know, the Ravens-Patriots uh, game. Or sorry, the that's Vikings, I, Vikings-Patriots game. That's where I was going to point him to as well. As like I know you got Dalvin, but like that's probably the most boring game. Um, Patriots Stevens is playing really well right now and just shutting people down. And so like just see how you're doing at that point. If you've had a bad football day already, maybe it's time to go see the family, you know, and let that one go. <laughs> I hope, you know, I would not be part of a Thanksgiving that wouldn't allow me to watch football. You know, if, if they yeah. were like, well, we turn the TV off when we eat. <laughs> Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. I'll see you later. That's <laughs> just not going to happen. I at least get to be like, oh, it's work. I got to watch. It's work. I can't, you know, right, I can't miss right. it. But it actually happens to be a Giants game this year, so I get to watch them get their butt kicked uh, in when, with family and friends. 
All right. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody uh, in advance. News and notes. Justin Fields got the shoulder. Joe Mixon, the concussion. Samaj P. Ryan, 13% rostered. He's going to be the, the hottest waiver wire ad unless we find out that Mixon is going to play by Tuesday, which we almost certainly won't. Clyde left with the ankle injury. Stafford, concussion. Um, the commanders announced that Taylor Heineke is their starting quarterback rest of season. Carolina has not decided on a quarterback yet for this week. They are facing Denver. Good luck to to the quarterback facing Denver, although Denver hasn't been quite as good since the Chubb trade. Uh, Cooper Cup is likely out six to eight weeks. Mike Williams re-aggravated the ankle. Kyler Murray is not playing tonight, and he may not play next week, and then he may, he's not going to play week 13 because he's not a bye. You may not get... You may get Deshaun Watson before you get Kyler Murray. Murray may not play until week 14. Hopkins is playing tonight. Marquise Brown is not. Justin Jefferson has turf toe. He said mild. They said mild turf toe. Wasn't supposed to affect him. Then he went out and had a stinker against Trayvon Diggs, who's playing lights out right now, and um, and the Cowboys, of course. you have any thoughts on that, on the turf toe? No, I'm, I missed who you said. I'm sorry. Oh, I was Justin sorry. Jefferson. You're watching, <laughs> you're, got- you're watching the soccer game. It's okay. I've got Kyler in a lineup, and I need to take him out. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I was talking about Justin Jefferson and his turf toe. Oh, yeah, yeah. They said he's going to be playing through pain, and then, like, obviously he didn't look like himself out there. Um, it's a tough matchup as well. It's hard to tell, um, but definitely a little concerning. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch all of the snaps, but every time I saw a base, not every time, maybe the first three quarters or so, Trayvon Diggs was on Justin Jefferson. Right. And that's two weeks in a row that they've used Diggs to shadow, which is not typical. It was Lazard and then... Jefferson and he's just been freaking great you know he's got this reputation Trayvon Diggs of this cornerback who gives up a lot of big plays but he's such a young player that that was last year I mean this year he might just be a he might just be a stud um I don't think he's gonna shadow Darius Slayton but if he does let me know beforehand (laughs) he might who else is there to you know worry about on that team right now yeah I just don't know that Slayton commands that but um you know, he is the, obviously the best weapon. Because, back to the news and notes, uh, Adore, uh, what's his, Wandale Robinson, he tore his ACL, he's out for the season, that really sucks. So sad. Yeah. Best game of the year, too. Like, he looked great. Um, what else? Uh, Kyle Pitts may have torn his MCL. Don't know if we're going to see him rest of the season. We'll keep, uh, keep an eye on that. Jamison Williams is eligible to return. So he will practice this week. I doubt he plays, but Jamison Williams... He's, he's eligible now. He could be back very soon. Maybe this week. <clears throat> Let's see. Tony Hamstring. Baltimore left tackle Ronnie Stanley left. They don't know the severity. Actually, uh, John Harbaugh expressed some optimism about it, so that was good. Same with Gus Edwards. Same with Kyle Ham- Hamilton, their rookie safety. You're probably bored with the news and notes, but Chase Edmonds has an ankle sprain, and Denver released Melvin Gordon. What do you think about Latavius Murray going forward? He's got the Panthers and the Ravens in his next two games. Yeah, I think he's uh, honestly. I, I feel like I would prioritize him over Piran in um, if he's available. Don't you think? Like he's not as widely available, but they're kind of committed to him at this point. It seems like. Uh, well, Piran. If it's just a one week thing, I would take Piran. My general view on concussions is guys going to miss one week. Uh, yeah, that's, we were really like getting a lot of guys. Yeah, we were getting a lot of guys back without missing any weeks, but that was before the new protocols. Um, yeah. Now a guy like Juju who got really lit up, that might be worse. I didn't see the injury to Mixon, uh, but I think Piran's going to be better than Murray this week. 
but I would definitely yeah. take Murray rest of season. Um, yeah. Edmonds, you know, Edmonds too, when he comes back, he could have, he could have a role because they're throwing to their running backs a little bit. And I assume he'll take that role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're the worst, they, they, they're arguably the worst offense in football. So <laughs> yeah. second lowest yeah. scoring team. So crazy. All right, let's get into some stats. What are some stats you like, Jacob? Yeah, we had a lot of interesting interesting stuff this week. Um, I want to start with Gabe Davis. He The results haven't been, you know, the typical huge explosive plays, and so I think it maybe has flown under the radar a little bit, but he has a target share of 24% or higher in three of the past four games, um, which is, you know, maybe a coincidence, but that's following their bye week. So before the week seven bye, he had a 13% target share and a 28% air yardage share. Since then, he has a 23% target share and a 36% air yardage share. Um, this is something we've never seen. We've really never seen Davis demand targets um, at even like a 20% rate. Um, that 13% is pretty typical for him. And he's like way, way above that. So I, I think that's really exciting. Like, have you have you heard people talk about him much? He yeah, hasn't been actually, like a popular guy. I debated him with Heath last night on the recap, and I wish you had been there <laughs> because you could have supported me. So Heath was not, I was kind of enthused about Gabe Davis, even though the numbers weren't great, because uh, I think we've seen in the last two games a more well-rounded wide receiver, not a guy who's just reliant on one big play to make his game. Uh, right. He gets end zone targets, and you know this is now two games. One of the stats I was going to bring up, it's now two games in a row where Josh Allen has not attempted a pass of 30-plus air yards, and I don't think that's a coincidence with the elbow. It could be, but... Yeah. You know, Gabe Davis is going to have to produce in other ways, and he is. And he was better yeah. than Diggs. I know Diggs caught the touchdown. But he was better than Diggs yesterday at a really good game two weeks ago, and he's doing it differently. So I was pretty encouraged by that, and I'm glad you're backing it up because, you know, he just kind of said, yeah, he's, he is what he has been. But I, I think we might be seeing a little bit of an evolution here. I think it's definitely possible. Gabe Davis is somebody that, like, had some of the most pronounced improvement year over year at the college level of any receiver that I've studied in the past, like, five years. Like every single season, he got significantly better across the board. And that was the same thing from year one to year two at the NFL level. And uh, obviously everyone was excited for him year three. He got hurt at the beginning of the year and he was playing through an injury. So it was like his per route rates look a lot worse than they maybe really would mm. if he wasn't. Um, I think there's definitely reason for optimism. And he was also hurt at the beginning of this year. He got hurt in the Rams game and played hurt a little bit. So is that what you were saying or were you saying a different? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking oh, about this year. Thing. I thought you meant in college. I'm sorry. Mixed no. up your your statistics. Uh, by the way, just an update. 21 minutes of soccer so far. Unbelievably, no score. I I can't believe it. Uh, all right, what else? That's, that's why I don't watch. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Uh, Traylon Burks. Uh, obviously, it was Thursday night, so it's already been talked about a little bit. But um, he has a target per route run rate of 35% or higher. This is per Dwayne McFarlane. Um, in three of his six games. And that is the reason you like, I bring that rate up is that is like wide receiver one stuff. Um, like there are only a few guys that push for that type of array and he's done it in half of his games. And he was somebody who did this at the collegiate level as well. Um, and I think it just shows the type of upside that to potentially play the AJ Brown role. Um, like we speculated on, it's been kind of a disjointed season for him, but really exciting what we saw from him last week. Now he's only 28% rostered. So between yeah, him I, and Pirine, you're going to get major boosts, and in some leagues they'll have Palmer too. But they, you know, would yeah. you rather have Josh Palmer or or Traylon Burks? That's really tough because we don't know what's 
the extent of Mike Williams injury is, um, I think I would take Palmer, but I, I'm really excited about Burks. I just, there's the offense is so anemic, the passing game. Um, it was good last week, but like, I think more often than not, the volume is not going to be there for Burks, um, or for the offense as a whole, the passing offense. And it's also worth noting that he still was third on the team in routes run last week. Mm, um, yeah. on that point, Alec Pierce had a, um, had a spike in routes run this week. And that's pretty exciting. Again, not a great offense, but he ran more routes than Paris Campbell. That was the first time all season. Uh, he led the Colts with eight targets and he had the ninth highest air yardage share in the NFL. So it's, I don't know how relevant he's going to be this, this year. Cause like even with these great rates this week, he sucked for fantasy. <laughs> um, but like for dynasty or just going forward in general, like this is pretty exciting for Pierce. He's not somebody who I expected to draw targets at a high rate, especially given the deep routes that he's running and the way that Matt Ryan operates the offense right now. Like I just thought he would kind of get ignored and just be a field stretcher that opens things up for Campbell and Michael Pittman, but he led the team in targets and he's has pretty strong per route rates on the year. Um, couple, yeah, a couple got, things. Uh, Matt Ryan, once again, 5.9 air yards per pass attempt. So that's incredibly yeah. low. He continues to beat this. So I was as surprised that Pierce um, had the role he had. And the other thing is, nobody gave me credit for this last night, and I, I suppose I understand why, but I predicted an outright win for the Colts, and they only lost by one. Do I get any credit for that? Yeah, that's impressive. I thought they were going to get boat raced. That's right. Everybody like, did. Not me. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate you, <laughs> your support. Uh, all right. What else you got? What's next? Pat Fryermuth, man, 30% target share, 32% air to share in the two games, uh, since Chase Claypool has been traded and his per route rates have been really, really good all year. He just like has been injured and like not able to put it together. But like, I think he's starting to build some momentum here. I think he could be like a top five or six tight end. Like, and he's somebody who got dropped in a lot of places. You, you might still be able to trade for him. Um, fairly cheap. So I'm I'm pretty excited about him, and he's so young, um, and there's a lot of promise there. And then the other one was Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre is the RB 13 on a week where he had 26 rushing yards and no touchdowns, and it's just because of what he's been doing as a receiver. He has a target share above 20 percent in four straight games, which I haven't had the chance to go back and look. But I there might not be any running back who has done that in four straight games all year other than him. That's really impressive. Um, and like on the year, his ability to draw targets is just below like the Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey type of guys and above DeAndre Swift, you know, wow. like some of those, you know, like Saquon Barkley for sure. Um, it's really been an encouraging year for him and he's had some brutal matchups too, but he's remained fantasy relevant because of his ability to contribute in the passing game. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty excellent. Uh, what's going on with Ramondre Stevenson time Montgomery out for the year. So you don't have to worry about that. And uh, he has certainly become a must-start running back. Um, all right, you good? You, should I go through some stats, or did you, did you have more that you'd like to share? No, you got some. I want to hear him. All right, here we go. You know, like Alvin Kamara, he never scores. He scored three touchdowns against the Raiders, and that's it. Since he returned from injury in Week 5, the Saints have ran six plays. They've run six plays from inside the five-yard line in seven games. That is the third fewest in the NFL, ahead of only Pittsburgh and Baltimore. But Alvin Kamara has been in on all six of them. So if they could just, yeah. you know, get the ball inside the five-yard line, then maybe you'll get some more touchdowns from Kamara, although don't discount Taysom Hill. Dave and Heath were talking about Baltimore. So, he, so Heath's concern for Josh Allen was that Sean McDermott a couple weeks ago said he wanted to run the ball more. Of course, you have the elbow injury, and they have been running the ball more, and they've been running the ball more inside the red zone. 
Uh, it was something that Dave and Heath talked about last night. I just thought worth bringing up again. They've been a lot more run-heavy in the red zone the last two games than they were uh, before the Josh Allen injury. Uh, David Njoku played only 37% of the snaps, and so you don't have to panic about him if you bought into him. Harrison Bryant and Farrell Brown, both dry, they combined for three almost touchdowns. Um, Jonathan Taylor is dominating third down snaps since the Naheem Hines trade. You know, it's spectacular. And mm-hmm. Michael Carter, what do you make of this? Michael Carter played 14 more snaps than James Robinson, 25 to 11. And it wasn't, you know, there was no game script. It was just a back and forth close game until the punt return. Uh, so I thought that was interesting when they, they were pretty split last week or, or you know, last game for them before their bye. Yeah, I'm afraid Robinson might be done, um, or at least done in the short term. He really doesn't look explosive. He's had some of the worst um, underlying rushing metrics all year. And this is, you know, back-to-back teams and situations now where the team seemed invested in him, and the more they see him, they're kind of like, I don't know about like this. (laughs) They start to go, you know, like they start to go away from him. And, like, they're, they're getting Ty Johnson involved. That's like I'm just staying away from that backfield as a whole, like because Ty John, it's a three man backfield on a bad team. Um, it's tough. I think you can cut bait with Robinson. All right. Well, then we'll take a break. Uh, anything else? Should we? I don't want to cut you off. I know you have so much stuff. You, you know, this is your thing. So if you have any more to share, that's fine. If not, we'll go to our big topics. No, I think we're good with these. All right. I'm just used to Dan, you know, yapping and. Right. And, uh, I, just, I miss him. Um, all right, we'll take a break then. When we come back, what is wrong with Lamar Jackson? We'll try to solve that puzzle after this on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Update, 28 minutes of soccer, no score. Okay, it's been really exciting, though. Not That's a joke. But I'm into it. I, why are you not into the World Cup? It's the World Cup. We actually have some good players. A lot of them are from, like, right around where I live. It's kind of weird. Uh, or sort of northeast. And, uh, you know, we got our another Reina, another generation of the Reinas. We got Pulisic. Come on, Jacob. I can name a few players. I cannot name any, unfortunately. I, I, I want to go to a, a soccer game and experience it live. I think it would be a lot more entertaining. Um, I have a very short attention span, and I find myself really struggling to watch soccer. I don't know. Anytime <laughs> it's on, I just like seem to want to do anything other than that. It's pretty great to have a sport with, with 45 minutes of no commercials. Yeah, that's true. You got to give soccer that. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. want to be negative about soccer. I just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's for me. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, the World Cup's great and all, and a lot of people are super into it. I will not watch a single game that's that's not a U.S. game. Maybe the final, but I couldn't care less 
other than other than USA. But for those of you watching live, thank you for you know making the choice to watch us, you know, and soccer at the same time. Um, all right, four big topics. Number one is what is wrong with Lamar Jackson? This is from everyone in the world. So, yeah, what are your theories? What's going on with Lamar Jackson? He has scored fewer than 20 fantasy points in six of his last seven games. I'll let you have the first word. I just want to say he was dealing with an illness for most of the week. He probably was not 100% in this game, but it is certainly more than a one-week thing. What do you think? Yeah, so I dug into this a little bit more, um, and there are a few things um, to take away that are, you know, pretty obvious differences from the years past. Um, the first thing is he's being blitzed way, way more often than we've ever seen before. Uh, he's been blitzed on 44% of his dropbacks. It's He's never had a rate above 31% in a season before. The next highest rate of any quarterback is Jared Goff at 37%. Him and Ryan Tannehill are the only two that are even above 35%. Lamar's all the way up to 44 um, That's The league average is 26%. Like That's yeah. insane. Um, like the giants blitz the most in the NFL at 40%. So it's, he, it's like, he's playing the most blitz heavy team every single yeah, week. Yeah, uh, It's crazy. I, I noticed that too. Um, number one blitz rate or against in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and so there's that. And then also he's, he's really struggling with the deep ball and this has, and, and the blitzing, I, I wanted to make the point that he's been significantly below the league average in terms of pass rating, completion percentage yards per attempt. Um, when blitzed and then when not blitzed, he's been above the league average. Um, so I think it's, it's possible people might be like figuring him out. Um, I don't know why that would have taken this long because like he's been bad against the blitz the whole time. Um, but like that, that's definitely bothering him. And then he's really struggling with the deep ball. Uh, this also has always been a problem for Lamar, but it's even worse this year. His off target rate on deep passes is the worst it's ever been. And recently he's just stopped throwing deep. Um, he had an average depth of target of nine yards or higher in five of six games to start the season. Over his past five games, his ADOT is 5.5, 5.8, 9.9, and 4.5 yards this week. Um, he only had two passes that traveled 15 or more air yards this week. Yeah, like Matt Ryan was much better in this regard than Lamar Jackson. In terms of Better is not the right word. But Lamar Jackson, or Matt Ryan was throwing the ball downfield on average more than than Lamar Jackson was. <laughs> Which is crazy. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's got, like, I thought maybe it was Mark Andrews being out was, you know, contributing to this, but, like, Andrews back five-yard average depth of target. That's really wild. Um, he's he's running a lot, so for fantasy, like, you're not, you know, completely screwed by this, but the offense looks bad right now, um, and he really doesn't have, I mean, when Demarcus Robinson is, like, your go-to target, like right. he has been lately, that's definitely a problem. Demarcus Robinson does not separate. Um, yeah, I, I. What do you? What do you? Well, you, <laughs> you I, basically I, stole everything I was going to say. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> not throwing the ball. That, look, the, if you wanted to sum it up in what in one sentence, what's wrong with Lamar Jackson? His passing numbers stink, and <laughs> right, he's still running. He's not running quite as much. He does have a career high yards per carry. He's still running, you know, as much as anybody not named Justin Fields. So that's not the issue. Uh, have they figured him out? I mean, I was reading this uh, on Ravens, BaltimoreRavens.com, but it was a quote from the Baltimore Sun. Carolina took a familiar approach to slow the Ravens, cutting off outside running lanes, using their safeties to clog the middle, and always remaining alert to potential Jackson scrambles. They dared Jackson to beat them outside the numbers, and though he was successful connecting with wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, the offense never flowed for long. 
Yeah. Um, right. And so that makes sense. Uh, and I don't, I watched, uh, you know, every play, every Lamar Jackson play, I didn't watch the handoffs or anything, but they, Carolina did a great job. They really did. Um, I felt like the way they were rushing him was containing him in the pocket and trying to make him a passer as much as possible. He was really bad early and then he got better later. Um, but that's just one game breaking down. I, I think what's concerning is, you know, there's so many damn excuses for Lamar Jackson always. He's always is among the league leaders in off-target percentage, I think. You know, he's just, his, his, it's kind of a subjective stat, but he's off-target a lot. And I can usually explain it away. Well, he's a downfield thrower, but not this year. He's still off-target a lot. In fact, in his last, let me see, what, where's this stat? Um, in his last four games, he has the fourth lowest dot or intended air yards per pass attempt of any quarterback mm-hmm. And yet he's only 15th in completion rate, and he has the ninth highest off-target rate. So you yeah. should have a high completion rate with a low A dot. Uh, he does not. Right? He's really struggling. Maybe it's his receiver's fault. I don't know. But he's not playing well enough. And then this begs the question: Is he still a must-start? I have so much trouble sitting a guy who has 40-point upside. He, I, I know he still has it, but you know, I'd rather have Burrow. If Fields is healthy, I, I think I'd rather just have Fields. I'd rather have Tua. I don't think I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers, no. even though I'm encouraged by Rodgers, really Watson and Rodgers, uh, like uh, Christian Watson. So, I, you know, he's he, Jacob, I think he's still a must-start guy, but in a normal year, he might not be. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you definitely have to start him. Jacksonville coming up, then Denver. You know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't play well against Jacksonville, people might sit him against Denver. All right, next up, uh, yeah. Sean Millerick. What are your Damian Pierce worries? Damian Pierce, 10 carries for eight yards, two catches for nine yards against Washington. And now I'll just tell you, uh, the last four games, Washington has held Jonathan Taylor to 5.6 PPR fantasy points. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a receiving touchdown that got him to 13.6 PPR fantasy points. Miles Sanders, 5.4 PPR points. And Damian Pierce, 3.7 uh, but what do you think? Oh, oh, go! We got one? Yes! All right. You love to see it. Yes. <laughs> Let's go! Woo! All right. Um, okay, sorry. What are your thoughts on Damian Pierce? I am not too concerned. The uh, underlying usage was still really good this week. 78% snap rate was fourth among running backs, 55% route involvement. We've seen him more involved as a route runner lately. That was 12th among running backs this week. Um, the matchup against Washington is really brutal. They're very good against the run. And he's got a couple of matchups coming up that are easier. Um, but after that, he, he faces Dallas. And then in the fantasy championship, he faces the Titans, who are similar to Washington um, in that they're much better against the run than the pass. Um, I think that might be first in a rush defense DVOA. They've been really, really stout against the run. Who's this? Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. Their whole defense um, is playing terrific. But, yeah, they're so good against the run. So that's that's pretty brutal to, like, close out the season. Uh, so I, I I don't know. If you want to trade him, if he, like, goes nuts against the Browns and you want to trade him after that, I guess it could make some sense. But I'm not worried about the role. Do you worry about, you know, Benjamin getting, like, taking passing down? From or anything well, like I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but his pass, his catches don't really come on passing downs, right? He's not really playing on third right. down much uh, as a pass catcher, right? I mean, he's catching he's balls been playing on first a, and second. A little down. bit more, yeah, on the passing downs lately. Um, but no, he's he's been targeted a high rate on first and second down for sure. 
No, I guess I'm not really worried about that. Um, you know, look, this is a just like uh, who we're about to talk about, Najee Harris. This is a running back on a bad offense. I think you can have a little hope for the Steelers' offense to find something in the second half, like they may have yesterday, and that could help Najee. That's not going to happen with the Texans, most likely. They're the second lowest scoring team in football. So, am I worried about him? Well, I can, I can, I can get over this game. Uh, Washington is playing so well defensively, especially against the run. Two games ago against the Giants, he had a 44-yard carry. He averaged 3.1 yards per carry in the other like 16 carries that he had. Now, that's a little unfair. You could do that with a lot of running backs a lot of games. He had the, the big carry, and he has big play potential. Um, but that was one issue that I was seeing with him is like a little bit... Uh, more, more, you know, ineffective runs over the last two games. Heath wondered if he was hitting the rookie wall. I don't think so. I just, I, I think he'll bounce back. But Miami, Miami is, um, they allow the second fewest yards per carry to running backs. That's his next matchup. Inconsistent, mm-hmm. but overall second fewest yards per carry to running backs. Um, I think he is. I think he's still a high end number two receiver, probably or running back. I'd certainly rather have him than Latavius Murray. Um, I think I'd rather have him than Tony Pollard. I don't know. How about you? I'd rather have Pollard. Yeah, I think there's more upside if if Zeke reaggravates. Well, it that, uh, sure. Um, if Zeke keeps playing, you know that's that's the question. No, nope. I don't Zeke know if anybody is, has more upside than Tony Pollard right now. If Zeke gets out, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. If what Zeke is playing and like we're projecting a healthy Zeke and Tony's workload, like compared to Pierce, he's probably going to project a little bit worse than Pierce on a week-to-week basis. Um, but I, I think I would rather have Pollard at this point. All right, uh, Greg Hall wants to know: Is this a renaissance, or is a renaissance coming for Najee Harris? Najee Harris in his last two games, twenty carries for ninety yards and two touchdowns. Last week, and he also had four catches, or sorry, this past, yesterday, and 20 carries for 99 yards against the Saints last week. So that's two straight 20-carry games. I think the Jalen Warren injury is a huge deal, um, but what do you think? Is a renaissance coming for Najee Harris? Um, it, if Warren is going to miss extended time, which he definitely could, it's a hamstring, right? Uh, I think so. Let's check I think it's hamstring. Um, if Warren's going to miss time, then it, it could be. I don't know if it'll be a full-blown renaissance, but I mean, 96% snap rate, I think, or 93% snap rate, uh, 84% route involvement rate this week. That was huge. Um, I worried that it wouldn't be that high, even with a Warren injury, because he's been used as a pass blocker a lot more this year. I think that has something to do with the difference in um, play style from you know Roethlisberger, who's getting rid of it quick, um, versus Pickett, who really likes to hold the ball. So they've been holding Najee into block a little bit more often. Um, but he had the highest route involvement rate of any running back in week 11. Wow. That's really exciting. Um, there are some matchups coming up that he could take advantage of. They've got the Steelers. And then in the fantasy. Uh, they are uh, the fantasy, They are the Steelers. They have they've, the... <laughs> they've got the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the fantasy championship, they've got the Raiders. And the week before that, they've got the Panthers, which is a decent matchup as well. Um, in both games that they could be competitive and possibly you know control the game script as well. So I, I think he's probably a top... 15 top 18 running back going forward. And if uh, Jalen Warren's out, he might be like a top 12 guy. Yeah. I think I would kind of compare him to James Conner. If Jalen Warren's out, I don't think you're going to get a ton of efficiency. If anybody, I watched all of his carries each of the last two weeks. So if you just want to talk about this Bengals game, you probably saw the, the touchdown run, which was spectacular hurtling a defender to get into the end zone. I think it was a 19 yard run. 
I I feel that if if you all watched every carry that Najee Harris had this past week against the Bengals, you really would not have been blown away. Um, yeah. He just, I don't know, man. Like I'm not saying he's slow, but he's not <laughs> he's not explosive. And I'm not saying he's slow, but I'm not going to say he's fast. I mean, it's okay. Look, Damian Pierce is not fast. Damian Pierce ran a four six forty, but he makes <laughs> big plays. Najee mm. Harris has made one this year, basically, and it came in week ten. Uh, he has one carry longer than than 19 yards, I think. So yep. um, he's still, I don't know, what didn't really pass the eyeball test, but that's not everything. So here's an encouraging stat, though, from Najee Harris. In his first nine, the first nine weeks of the season, weeks one through nine, I did a simple, you know, minimum of five carries per game. So all running backs with a minimum of 45 carries. He was dead last in um, percentage of carries that went for five or more yards. Yeah, something like twenty five percent over the last two games. It's something like forty four percent. He's, you know, ranks pretty high. So he's got a lot fewer crappy runs, you know. So that's good, and it came yeah. after a bye, and maybe the foot is healthy. So it is possible that something is there. But to me, if Jalen Warren plays, then I wouldn't be all that jazzed about Najee Harris. The key is the right. passing game role to me. And it seems like you feel that way. Yeah. I don't think we've disagreed on anything today. Yeah, we need Dan, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like Dan. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the YouTube poll today? How will the, oh, how will the USA do in the World Cup? Lose in the group stage, round of 16, eight or better, and I don't care. Well, this one will, <laughs> this one will disagree on. I'm going to say round of 16. Oh, wow. What, what are you going to say? I guess I'll say I don't care. I, I hate to keep being so negative about it, but I do want to disagree with you for once. So yeah, I don't care. Yeah, and and I don't care is is running away with it. Forty percent of the vote. <laughs> That's surprising. Although I guess if you're listening to fantasy football on on Tuesday afternoon instead of watching the World Cup, then you're probably you probably don't care. Yeah, we only care about our football. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this last one is from Jmart. Is there a better stack in fantasy than Mahomes and Kelsey? I've been in first place with those two in my lineup. Seems worth it to go after the stack of a high quarter, a high caliber quarterback, and their go-to guy in drafts or trade. Yeah, I mean, obviously Kelsey and Mahomes are the best. You got number one quarterback, number one tight end, and neither position is deep this year. Um, but in general, you know, does this open up your eyes to stacking a little bit more? Does this make you more likely to do it? I, I love stacking, yeah, I, especially if you're obviously playing best ball. Um, but even just for season lock teams, like he's talking about here, it, it gives you huge upside. And when your stack hits, like Mahomes and Kelsey obviously have this year connected on so many touchdowns, um, you're the best team. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's and I a couple stacks that I would mention that I think actually have more upside than Mahomes and Kelsey. I think we've basically seen the near absolute top range of Kelsey's outcomes. In terms of his efficiency, yeah. Um, but like some players that we haven't necessarily seen that from that do bring like absolutely massive upside in stacks or Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs probably the top. Um, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, and then Lamar and Mark Andrews. I can't quit. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be in on that one. Here's you want a sneaky one. How about Derek Carr and Devonte Adams? Derek Carr yeah. is just only throwing to Devontae Adams. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so concentrated there, yeah, for sure. And Carr's got a few good games in a row, and uh, their defense is bad. But stacks are interesting. Stacks are fun. I mean, I think if Jamar Chase comes back and he's Jamar Chase, 
I'm not sure he will be because he's on crutches last week, but if he comes back and he's Jamar Chase, like Burrow and Chase could definitely win you a league. Um, yeah. And it's just funny how it works out. You build your roster through the draft, and it's very conceivable that two players could carry you to a championship. If you had Cooper Cup last year, it's very conceivable that Cooper Cup alone carried you to a championship. Yeah. You know, it's just... It's all, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Any of these pairings can go for like 70 points and that just completely changes things when they're projected for like 40 combined or whatever. Like it's, yeah, it's kind of oh. cheating and you get the double dipping on any given week and it's just like, well, how about <laughs> Tua, how about Tua and Tyreek? Yes. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> they're like not in my mind because they're on by this week, yeah. but yeah, the, I've been stacking Tua, Tyreek and Waddle and DFS every single week. Like, and especially because their defense is so bad, they just uh, against the pass, they get into shootouts all the time. Yeah, they're cheat codes for for sure. It's yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing. All right, that's gonna do it for uh, for fantasy football today. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching and listening. Enjoy the rest of the European football game, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with the waiver wire. Going to be a busy waiver wire show for Jacob and Schaefer, and definitely not for Dan. I'm Adam. Talk to you. Tomorrow. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.